Today's episode of Wine Time Fridays is brought to you in part by our friends at Coeur Fresh and Ravora. Located in downtown Coeur Fresh Wine Bar is a place to meet friends, relax, and just be Coeur Consider Fresh Wine Bar for your next event. Located across the street from the new city parking lot at 4th and Coeur Avenue or visit freshwinebar.com. There's a new winery making a splash in Idaho, Revora. Producing some of the best estate wines Idaho has to offer, Revora, spelled R-A-V-A-U-R-A, now has a tasting room in Coeur to go with their Julieta tasting room. Visit revora.com for more information. Brett is from a long line of Canadian football players. He was actually born in Canada. Oh. His grandfather, if you mention his grandfather to Canadian people, he's like a legend of Canadian football, which wow. the... Uh, CFL. What is it? The Saskatchewan Rock Riders. They're our like. team. So his great-grandfather, his grandfather, and his father all played for the Saskatchewan wow. Rough Riders. It's been a long week, right? Are you ready to wind down? Why not? It's time for the Wine Time Fridays podcast with Shelly and Phil. Neither are sommeliers, but both have a deep passion for life, each other, and of course, delicious wine. And now, here to talk about this week over a glass of wine is Shelly and Phil. It's wine time. Hello and welcome to another episode of Wine Time Fridays with Shelly and Phil on this Friday, October 20th. We don't have to worry about any unlucky, no Friday the 13th, <laughs> nothing like that. How'd like, that go? Well, there's some stories behind that. I will tell you a little bit about that because, uh, yeah, I spoke too soon last week. Um, Mr. But Positivity. I know. It came to bite me in the butt a little bit. Uh, anyway. Happy Friday, Shelley. It's wine time. This is episode 183. And um, since, once again, this is part three now of our Apostle Robles um, trip. Now we're about three weeks, four or three and a half weeks uh, removed from that. Uh, we're going to be letting you in during our tasting when we were down there. So we'll just take a time out and have a little wine. But... I want to open a bottle, Shelly. So, pop goes the bottle. And this is uh, our reception wine tonight, which is from the Steakhouse Restaurant at the Apostle Robles Inn is where we stayed. Oh, your glass is right there. Yes. Uh, Yeah, so. They gave this wine to us yeah they also checked in uh gave one you know we'll go ahead and give a little uh look see there uh anyway it was a very nice little gesture gesture yeah and so Lindsay and brian got one in their room too because it was supposed to be a part of their honeymoon it's part of our engagement that is now in year three (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> close to year three so anyway shelly we can actually do a toast uh we'll be doing a toast with liz uh at levo but uh why not to health wealth and abundance gratitude romance and peace on it'll be the first of two times you hear that 
Not bad. No, that's not bad at all. That's very nice. So I, I am. You should talk a little bit about smelling the bottle nowadays and oh, why well. that was a good thing the other night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So on white wines, you're probably not going to get necessarily so much, although we have. Uh, I This is something that I picked up uh, from Sam Lang, who now is got his own uh, little wine bar, Lola. Mm-hmm. Because what Lola wants, Lola gets. Uh, Sam has been a guest on our podcast from time to time. He's a sommelier. And uh, I noticed he always, when he opened it, and he didn't, he wasn't really obnoxious about it. He would open it and just smell just the top of the bottle. Because uh, you you get the sense pretty quick if it's not a good bottle. Okay. We had a bottle the other night, again, not saying names. And I... Shelly's like, can we get a Merlot? I'm like, yes, thank you for letting me know. So I go downstairs, I grab a Merlot, I bring it up, I open it, do that. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Not again. Yeah, so I poured, I poured literally uh, about, the, you know, I'm holding my fingers about an inch and a half, two inches apart. And Shelly said, why aren't we? Said, oh, I don't know why. <laughs> and then she tasted it and she says, like, oh, I know why. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So, <laughs> but that's a good way of testing just by smell right off the bat. You pull that cork uh, and then just give it a little smelly smell, you know? So uh, as for Friday the 13th, yeah, we had a meeting with a client that we usually have on Friday mornings and uh, we always do a positive business thing, uh, you know, from our week. I just said, I'm going to blaze through Friday the 13th like nothing. Famous last words. Yeah, we had uh, <laughs> client issues on more than one client. <laughs> and it Technology was... Technology trouble. Yeah, it was yeah, just not fun. And it was very stressful. Uh, but we did make it through. Now, Colorado did not. They had a 29 nothing lead on Lowly Stanford and... Uh, they gave it up, lost in two overtimes. However, the next day, the Huskies, <laughs> they uh, actually beat Oregon 36-33 in a very close game that they probably didn't necessarily deserve to win, but a win is a win is a win. And that's our Football Talk 101 for this week as we move towards Levo, which Levo. is in Tin City, yes. down in Paso Robles. And such a, honestly, the pictures I got from Levo were outstanding. I love that. Uh, although, wait till you see Justin next week. <laughs> that those they really went uh, above and beyond. But uh, anyway, so I don't know. We're probably not going to uh, talk too much more. But we need to work on this wine anyway. Anything you want to say about uh, Levo and Liz Seven as we uh, go into that conversation with her? Other than she is very pregnant during the course of the episode. Very pregnant. She could yeah. deliver any second. I did ask. But she didn't. Are you going to be tasting wine with that. us? She's like, this baby's already cooked. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, she, she's just tasting wine, not um, whatever. So why don't we go ahead and pass you on to uh, Liz Seven, who is the direct consumer manager there at Levo Wines. Shelly, myself, Lindsay, and Brian, our D. P team. Different perspective. Thank you. Team. And we'll uh, 
see you in a bit or talk to you in a bit. <laughs> this is Liz Hi. Seven. And ding, ding, ding. Good pronunciation. <laughs> thank you. Well, uh, I thought of the number. Uh, That's spelled, exactly right. But people different. assume it can't be the number, so they say it all sorts <laughs> of different ways. Um, We're going to have a cameo from the um, UPS. Lizzie has her Gal. notes. Hi. Uh, oh, our favorite right delivery of the year. <laughs> really, the month we get them all the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> have the Go Macro Bars. I don't I have think so. Evo right employees now. run on Go Macro Bars. Really? Yeah. What it's makes an them expensive special? habit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that. Um, what makes them so? Do you want to try one? Uh, you one should try one. For the road. <laughs> um, yeah, they're really good. So I started eating them. And then, and I was like Brett's only employee, and he kept being like, "What can I stock in the kitchen for you?" Sure. And I was like, "Macro bars." There you go. Um, and really so clean ingredients. Sorry, they've got clean ingredients. They've got clean so ingredients. Yeah. They're like vegan, which you know, whatever. But um, not whatever. But oh, you know, yeah. I've seen these boxes. Yeah, yeah, they're good. Okay. This is the best flavor, though. All right. Have you had this flavor? Really sweet of you. Uh, no, I haven't. Do you guys want a macro bar? I, I wouldn't say no to okay. one. <laughs> well, nice. yeah, thank you so much. What a treat. Yeah, um, listen, this may be our, our our lunch because right now it's been no food other than breakfast and everlasting uh, joy. Yeah, that's everlasting right. joy. That's when what, they first started them. It was like Ellie, like an Ellie Goulding like collab. Oh, funny. Yeah, and like with this specific bar though. But now, yeah, they're not. But they're so, and we're all addicted. We all eat them <laughs> every day. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> How often do you get a shipment? Every day? <laughs> oh God, that would be excessive. Um, <laughs> a box a day. I would say we go through like a box a week, so we probably okay. get like one a month, maybe one every like six weeks. Apparently, it's going to be a little yeah. quicker this time because you just doled out three extra. <laughs> so. Well, I'm very close to maternity leave, so my intake will vastly go down. There you go. So, or at least the Balance. ones from here. Yeah. So that is a great start to the intro. We are here with Liz Seven of Levo, uh, who is probably, as of this publishing, already a mom. Are you a mom before? I am a mom before, so yeah. So another mom. Well, and it sounds like somebody's qualified to catch my baby if I go into labor, so. Yes, we have uh, Shelly Webb with us uh, <laughs> that is a baby catcher. Uh, used to be, great. for sure. Well, well, we have a joke certified. because Brett, our winemaker, is terrified of blood. Like, if he gets a shot, you would think he like thought he was going to be a professional football player. He's kind of the biggest mope on the planet. He one time woke up in the morning and was like, yeah, I have to go get an x-ray. I think I broke my foot. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, I woke up and it hurts a lot. And I'm like, but you didn't do anything to break it? And he was like, no. And I was like, well, if you broke your foot, you would know you broke your foot. Well, there's our there's our introduction to the founder of Levo, yeah. is Brett. <laughs> but uh, he was like, oh, I was like, if listen, if I go into labor, Taylor's driving. So Taylor, our system winemaker, is like, Hunter, he just killed a deer last weekend. Like, oh, there you go. Yeah. Very, like, outdoorsy. I was like, listen, if I go into labor, like, Taylor's driving. Like, yeah. you're not driving. <laughs> you're going to kill us both. And he's like, oh, I can totally drive you. And I was like, no, like Taylor's yeah. driving. I don't like, care I need if to get out of the <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I'm not. I'm not Brett, of course, uh, from Eagle, Idaho, probably had asp uh, aspirations to play for the University of Idaho. Vandals. I don't even know how they're doing this year. No, I think Boise State. Oh, yeah, well, that would be the one, the Smurf field. So his dad played at Boise State. Oh, there you so go. So I was, I was telling Shelly when you were out of the area, Brett is from a long line of Canadian football players. He was actually born in Canada. Oh. His grandfather, if you mention his grandfather to Canadian people, he's like a legend of Canadian football, which wow. the... Uh, CFL. What is it? The Saskatchewan Riders. Riders. They're our team. So his great-grandfather, his grandfather, and his father all played for the Saskatchewan wow. Riders. Wow. Note. That's where I was born. 
No, really? That's yeah. where Brett was born in uh, Regina? Regina. Yeah, Regina. that's where Brett was Prince born. Albert. Yeah, and then they just moved to Eagle. And both his younger siblings were born in Eagle, I it believe. It is spelled with an R, not a V, just so you know that. It's I, Regina. It's confusing. I've never heard that joke uh, Speaking of Regina, this has nothing to do with it. Let's start on some wines. Liz, you just poured what? I just poured our rosé. So this rosé is a 2022 rosé. That's the first wow. thing everyone says is this is a rosé. Wow. I will say Beanum next door, um, which is excellent. You should put it on your uh, on your itinerary for next time. They have a rosé that makes our rosé look bright red. Um, it, it seems like that, that's the trend right now, right? Yeah, well, so the Less Provence-style rosé, yeah, yeah, it tends to be really light in color. Yeah, there you go. It's a summer. Oh, oh, jealous. Yeah, that's amazing. So this is uh, kind of an emulation of the Provence-style rosé. Yes. No oak on it, mostly done in our concrete cone, uh, but we do have some stainless steel on it. So Brett calls this, like, adult Gatorade. He wants this mm. for, you know, Paso. This summer we were really mild, but typically Paso is outrageously hot, and he's yeah. like, this is, I want to be able to throw ice cubes in and have it at the beach if you want it, there have it go. with a nice meal. So, um, yeah. And I actually, I don't automatically love rosé, but I think that like bang for your buck, this is the best rosé that oh, I've ever like, had. This is my style that's your style. For sure. uh, before yeah. we taste it, then should we do a uh, wine time Friday's toast? Sure. To health, wealth and abundance, gratitude, romance, this time, Shelly. A piece on earth. There we go. Oh, there it is. And new babies. And, and new, new babies. babies. And if you have any suggestions for boy names, um, I am accepting because we are well, imminently me, doing what I don't have a name. Let yet. me uh, bring up ChatGPT and uh, it'll oh, give me God. all the boy names from 2021 because I'm, that's the last time. You just mentioned this, but I'm feeling Hunter. Hunter. Oh. I had an English teacher that I was a little, hopefully he doesn't listen to this podcast, a little bit in love with <laughs> whose name was Mr. Hunter. And I feel like that might be Is a little funny weird. Funny names stick with you when yes. you're younger. Like, yes. oh man. Oh, like your old like bullies and things like that. You can't have your child name, you know. I've liked Aiden recently. I also know a football player named Aiden. We were just thinking about or talking about football. Yeah, we. Uh, so I'm Irish, and so I. My big thing is like I don't want either 17 Elizabeths in our family, yeah. and so <laughs> Aiden as an Irish popular. family, we have Aidens. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's what? my thing. And like now having my son in school, Sean. I like Sean, so I have an uncle and cousins and everything, James. Mm -hmm. And then, so we were pondering Seamus, but my mom had a cousin, Seamus, who was like, just this person <laughs> who evokes this image in my mind. And so I just can't imagine it's naming my childhood. Yeah. Okay, I, I, okay. I'm leaning yeah. towards Fred. <laughs> Drop Dead Fred, remember that movie? <laughs> you could actually you make it. go wrong with a solid Brian. <laughs> I mean, Everyone knows a good Hello, Brian Irish and a bad Brian. Brian. Sorry, Brian, that, that's an oxymoron, a solid Brian. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, there you go. Jumbo shrimp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you. There, the, the list is long. Um, so, so yes. what is this? Rosé So this rosé, actually, what I really want to tell you is, so it's 88% Grenache. There's also um, like 8% Morvet, a teeny bit of Syrah, and a teeny bit of Clarette Blanche. But what's really exciting about this is we have our very own vineyard. Um, and I know you guys are kind of new here, but it's in the Willow Creek District, which mm -hmm. is kind of like the most sought after area in Paso. And we planted a baby vineyard and our very, very first fruit from it, like I'm talking basically nothing, came in in 2022. And some of that Grenache ended up in this rosé. So this is our first bottled wine with Levo fruit in it. So for us, a really oh, exciting wine. Oh, cool. Yeah. This vintage. This vintage. Okay, so 2022, beautiful. yep. We'll have our first reds for our wine club probably fall 24. Got it. Um, but in terms of fruit that landed in the bottle that came mm -hmm. from our vineyard, this is, this is it. 
Um, these glasses are fantastic. Too, they are. They're the very they are dangerous. So, uh, they can be. Yeah, the stem is pretty, pretty. Uh, you try thin. buffing like 50 of those in a row. Uh, yeah, do you ever cleaning. snap them when you're buffing them? Yeah, out? that's uh, my point. They're yeah, yeah they're you so, so slice thin. your hand. Um, we're big proponents, of course, to the one wine glass from Andrea Robinson uh, that are very resistant to breakage. That's my style. Yeah. And it's a, <laughs> a, take a beating. she's a master sommelier and she designed a one white and a one red. And we talk about it probably 50% of the time because we love glasses so much. And Andrea is a semi-friend of ours. So. In our Airbnbs, we can only do stemless, mm. unfortunately, because we don't prefer to drink our wines from stemless glasses. Sure. But you have to imagine that. Yeah, you, you need to do we, that. We just or, lose too oh, many the number wine of glasses, more glasses that have been tipped over. Uh, right wait, that's wine, even yeah. better. Oh, you wine know. coming oh, in to um, a winery. That's, uh, yeah, that's Lady of the Sunshine, Brett's in their club. So okay. I'm assuming that's his fall shipment. Nice. I can tell from the tape. <laughs> so, of the yeah, they're down in uh, Santa Barbara. Really excellent oh, cool. wine. Yeah. I, well, I like that, that actually brings up a great question because we saw <laughs> yeah, signs to Cambria, which is in Santa Barbara. <laughs> Cambria is not in Santa Barbara. Cambria is here. So Cambria... Uh, winery. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about Cambria, the the town. Yeah. So that was our discussion. We saw Cambria signs, and and we thought Cambria Winery was in Cambria, which is near Santa Would Barbara. Make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Cambria is actually north of here. It's okay. northwest, so it's on the coast, north of here. A very yeah. beautiful area. Yeah. All time sunset if you can ever catch a sunset out there. Yeah. There's otters and whales. And yeah, we want to see some otters. <laughs> Go there. There, I think Cambria is right close to where the um, sea otters have been stealing surfboards. Have you heard about this phenomenon? <laughs> There's like a sea that otter that's like awesome. super aggressive and is chasing people off their surfboards to like lounge on them. Oh. And it's and my husband's a surfer, and I want to say it's like up in Cam- somewhere in Cambria. That's incredible. But it's there's like also it. this thing that he's only stealing like foam topped boards, which are what like quote unquote kooks ride. So that's like even more oh like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, probably because they're comfortable, but yeah. you know. They're that like is. lounging on this big, big board, yeah. tiny water. They're well, like, it's probably tiring. Taking their, taking their power back. back. Yeah. They're taking their power back. Yeah. Uh, so uh, can we talk a little bit about Tin City? Please. So, uh, you know, this is probably two or three years ago, Shelly and I saw the documentary on Tin City and that just reestablished how much we wanted to visit Paso. Paso, Paso. Whatever. And uh, as long as you don't say Paso Robles. Well, oh, they're here's telling the thing. us we have to yeah. mispronounce so, it. No, no, no. It's Robles. El Paso de Robles. Thank yes. you. Yeah, right? it's a Spanish. We name. listened to a podcast on the way over doing our research and they're how to correctly mispronunciate Paso Robles is <laughs> what they said. That was live from Pablo's Creek. Uh, that was uh, Jason Haas. Yeah, he said. Who said, yeah, said, how to... This is the correct mispronunciation. I don't like that. I give our winemakers so much shit. I'm Good. like, you <laughs> obviously grew up in the whitest state in America. Uh, yeah. Paso Robles. I'm like, just say Paso. I mean, we yeah. Americanized in, in, in everything. Let's... Butchered. Pay. Let's just, yes, yeah, thank you. Butchered it. So, butchered by the way, this is the only time in Wine Time Friday history that we might have to slap an explicit tag on when Russell Mann is not on. With, right. with Liz dropping the shit down right now. I know. Right I, I do have a potty mouth. So happy right <laughs> oh, now. Oh, good. Let's okay. knock Russell off that uh, pedestal. Russell. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about Tent City. Sure. What do you want to know? Uh, we should talk about Tent City after the next wine. So sure. We don't Let me grab the wine. Okay. 
I really like that rosé. That's delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, the second it came out, I was like, this looks, just by the color really alone, I was like, Lens, I feel like you would like this. <laughs> well, and, and the bottle, Cart right? Blanche. The bottle is beautiful. Cart yeah, Blanche. that is a freaking uh, awesome bottle. So I want to know the... the but I didn't write it. 33. Oh, sorry. Must be well, the connection to the uh, aviation. I should get the Olympic. Yeah, that's a good... And I don't it's know on the bottle, like and there's, you know, it's a very industrial great, so. typeface. And, like, yep. Um, yeah, so the front of the bottle <laughs> yeah. says, please fasten Since your seatbelt. Which, that's right there. I would literally. I feel like getting a bottle of this, you would love it. Oh, are all of your bottles this style? Well, so that's um, a little Brettism. So Brett is an artist, and he does all of the artwork for our labels himself. Because he couldn't no make it in football. Correct. Okay. Um, yep. And so he, um, every vintage, we kind of have like a different theme. So mm. for a while, he was really into spray painting, as you can tell from these yeah. um, labels on the back. Um, now oh, he's I'm like, so oh, sorry. Oh, these, oh, were, these were labels. Yeah, those were labels. So that was oh, a Charvet label, and that was a Syrah label, um, right. our 2019 oh. Syrah label. Thank you. And so, oh, so depending on what he's into at the moment, we have some more labels on the back there. Um, he's now currently into Photoshop. He's teaching himself Photoshop <laughs> in his spare time. So... These photos he took are actually from like an airplane graveyard in Arizona okay. that a lot of people know, but then he like photoshopped over them. So yeah. um, only this vintage is in these bottles. Um, next year we'll have different bottles. And I think as we move into the state lines, he's going to get like a state specific bottles, but our bottles can't like, if you look at vintage to vintage, we'll have a normal bottle, then we're we'll have a wacky bottle. So that's really fun. Yeah. I love these. This is a white blend. Yeah, so uh, wine. So this is a predominantly Grenache Blanc, and we are now excitingly on the menu. Um, but it does have some Roussan and some Petit Mansang in it. Um, we had historically, actually, kind of back to the labels, done yeah. Chardonnay. Um, and our Chardonnay was really, really popular. But when we planted our vineyard, Brett really wanted to stay Rhone-specific. And so we planted Grenache Blanc. So this Grenache Blanc is not from our vineyard, but he decided, hey, I gotta kind of rip the Band-Aid off and... Um, and start doing Grenache Blanc. So our first vintage was last year, the 21, mm-hmm. sold out completely. Um, and this is our new one, and it's been really, really popular. Um, so similarly to the rosé, mostly done in concrete, but our concrete egg. Uh, but there is a little bit of oak on this. And I hate oaky whites, but to me, I just get the oak on the finish. Like we jokingly say, it keeps the yeah. enamel on your teeth. <laughs> you know, yeah. just... It, I, I, I think... In my yeah, opinion, when cool. done with good balance, I am okay with, yeah. okay with oak. Yeah, and I, I mean, feel like the pendulum swings, right? People it, do and that's one exactly or the other. what it was. Like yeah. early 2000s is like, oh, big buttery, Rombauer, you rock. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Now, then I went to stainless, and now I don't, I love stainless. Sure. I go stainless over a oak bomb uh, any day. Same. Yeah. But I love a good balanced. Um, yeah, I want to be able to taste sure. the fruit foremost. Yeah. So, and that's the problem with yeah. oaking the crap exactly. out of it is that you don't end up tasting the fruit and you're like, am I tasting an oak barrel? So, the Grenache Blanc that's in here is how much? How much of the, is it the wine? Oh, it's 76%. 76, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, okay. I'm sure you guys know we have this really mild year. So, they've only gotten, we've gotten one ton of Viognier and the boys in the back are losing their minds because. Uh-huh. They're feeling very antsy waiting for the fruit to come in. Yeah. Uh, we actually just tasted some Viognier up at Peach Canyon that they're toying they with. They went out to go find some. They went out, <laughs> they yeah, and yeah. so we were able to taste the grape. Um, Viognier is a really fun varietal. It really is, especially when you do it dry because it doesn't taste dry. Mm-hmm. It's it just a fruity good. and fruit kind of 
implies sweetness, but it's not. That's just such a interesting yeah. dynamic, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it can change so much depending on the winemaker, right? Whether they sure. choose to pick it earlier, whether they hang it late. So um, yeah, I, I love Vigne and we were, we picked that, we picked ours really early, as you could tell. And now we're just sitting and waiting and we've gotten fruit from nowhere else. And mm-hmm. they're all just, you know, cause by this time last year, we had gotten all our pasta fruit already. Yeah. So this, it's this year. I mean, there was the weird, um, we were down in Joshua tree, but we got hit by the hurricane. Did you, mm-hmm. were you guys impacted? That was a weird. Yeah, weird we story. didn't, we got a teeny bit of rain, but nothing yeah. crazy. Um, and yeah, rain at that time of year can be pretty gnarly cause it calls like mold and yeah, mildew. Yeah. And, mm. Um, but no, we were lucky. We did not get any hurricane influence, but it's just been, normally we get like weeks and weeks of hundred degree weather and we right. just haven't this year, right. um, which is nice for us, but it's, yeah. You know, the people who've been making wine here for a long time, I think, are not really sure how to handle it kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's just yeah. almost backwards for everywhere else. Totally. It's like we've been having hotter summers yeah. in many climates. And that's interesting to hear this particular climate. It's been a little reversed. Yeah, we had a crazy rainy yeah. year and then like catastrophic flooding. And then, yeah, we've had this really mild spring, so summer, wild. and fall. So, and it became yeah. fall overnight. Yeah. So, I, I mean, Super I'm interested. That's what we're used to in North Idaho. It's all of a sudden, boom, there's yeah. the snow. <laughs> we have two and a half seasons in Coeur d'Alene. Uh, how many cases of wine is Levo making? That's a great question. Thank it you. Really, I have my moments. It really fluctuates. So Brett is a really, really, um, he's really, really high standards. And so we've had years like in 2020, he's sold off. Like he bulked out like half of the wine he made before mm. we bottled because he just didn't like it. And 2020 was a tough vintage. It's a nice, it's a nice option to have though, isn't it? If it doesn't quite make the cut, you know, there are plenty of takers that say it will make our cut. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, and great winemakers who want it, it just doesn't fit our program. Sure. Um, So it really depends, but I would say we typically fluctuate between 2000 and 2500. Um, 2020, we probably made a little less. We also brought in less fruit in 2020 Mm because of the year that it was. Um, so, but I would say on average, it's probably between 2000 and 2,500 and that's really where we want to keep it. We don't have a desire to be. Yeah. You got to know your uh, lane, right? Know your sweet spot. And Brett really wants to be involved in every bottle that's made, every barrel. And I think once you get beyond that, it's harder to have control, you know? Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the, so the rosé was 13.3 uh, alcohol, 13.7 for this, uh, what we're calling white blend and not a Grenache. It's a white blend. We're, we're doing that. Technically, you could call it a Grenache yeah, because it's over 75%. Yeah, right. Brett calls it a white wine, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what are the price points on the both? Uh, the rosé is 39 okay. and then the uh, white is 54 Beautiful. We do like to have those in because we love it when our listeners uh, go to the to the uh, website, order up some wine. I'm gonna grab the next red. Perfect. We're gonna take a break while she's doing that, and when we come back, we're starting on reds. There's a new winery making a huge splash, Ravora. Ravora is an Idaho winery producing some of the best estate wines Idaho has to offer, using fruit that is grown along the Clearwater River. Perched gently on a vineyard-covered hillside with breathtaking views of the Clearwater River Valley, just 15 minutes east of Lewiston, the Ravora Tasting Room provides an idyllic setting for enjoying their wines while soaking in the surrounding natural beauty of the Lewis-Clark Valley AVA. And now you can savor Ravora wines in North Idaho too. Ravora, spelled R-I-V-A-U-R-A, now has a tasting room in Coeur d'Alene with live music most every Friday night. 
And you're going to want to check out their event facilities too. Whether it's weddings, birthdays, company retreats, or any other kind of party you can think of, Revora is the place for you. There is the Revora Clearwater Room, the Brewery Bowl Room, and the Event Barn in the Vineyard, among others. If you're looking for the best-kept secret for delicious wines and views, you owe it to yourself to check out Revora. Visit Revora.com for more information or simply call 208-276-3245 in Julieta or their new tasting room in Coeur d'Alene at 208-667-1019. They've actually probably stayed at more Airbnbs in the last six months. We've been doing a lot of international travel, so we stayed at a lot of Airbnbs, so we're both very much consumers and also, yeah. Have you seen a dip in the Airbnb scene as like people are reporting? Yes, for sure. I think yeah. it depends on the market. In Joshua Tree, supply has accelerated every year. Sure. And every year continues to grow. So I think the supply has impacted demand a bit. And I think we've kind of reached this critical mass where the people who thought it'd be really easy to get in and make a buck mm-hmm. are realizing it's actually not. And I like to think it's going to maybe like kind of uh, it will. break up here and then yeah, eventually come it. down. Um, so I would say, yes, our hypothesis has been to create really unique experiences. Okay. So we've been pretty fortunate in the one that our second one is struggling a little bit with oversupply, but the one that we launched in 21 is like hundred percent occupancy and we're doing really well. Awesome. But it's it's just a little, but it has a meditation deck overlooking the desert. Kind of like our Joshua trees. Are we doing rinse pours on all these? Uh, we don't have to. You're, if you'd like to, we can. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, this ends uh, our episode of STR uh, Review. Uh, <laughs> short-term yeah. rental. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and I think also, like, the economy in general is just in yeah. a place where a lot of people are not spending money they were. They're spending it on food. They're spending <laughs> it on food. They're spending it locally, and they're not maybe traveling. Like, we've seen our visitors to Paso are way, way down. Oh, Joshua yeah. Tree's visitors are also yeah, like, way down year over, like, especially over the last, even to pre-pandemic levels. I think it's something like 70% of pre-pandemic levels to the national park, at least. Right. So, yeah, I, yeah that's interesting to hear, like, just overall tourism. I mean, I domestic travel, lower. I think, in general, because, I mean, we were we were traveling in Europe earlier this summer, mm-hmm. and we ran into, I don't know, everywhere we looked, there were Americans. So that's true. And so I think a lot of people, you know, pent up international demands, things are finally reopened. And yeah. so there's a lot of people, all that money that might have gone to domestic travel. I think people are like, well, let's go splurge and do the trip to France or to Italy well, or to whatever. And I think the people who have the means to do a trip to France exactly, yeah. are not as impacted as the people who maybe their big trip of the year is Paso or the big trip yeah. of the year is within the U.S., you know. Right. So right. the people who are doing those big trips are still doing them. Versus the people who, because I would say most of our clientele is LA and San Francisco, which is driving yeah. distance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, you know, we're just seeing way less people doing the drive. And I think the fall is starting to pick up a little bit, but the summer That's was good. really quiet. Yeah. yeah. And um, Joshua Tree is the same way. Oh, yeah. for sure. I think fall will hopefully pick up a little bit, but. Yeah, that's interesting to hear that the tourism has kind of been similar. Yeah, and I think it's kind of like the pendulum we were talking about with the Chardonnay, right? Like yeah. right after kind of the COVID lockdown starting to lift, it was insane. Yeah. Like it was cool. Yeah. Like we couldn't keep up. Yeah, totally. And now, like it's again, I think people are just you know yeah. it'll even yeah. out somewhere. In the I feel like next year we'll probably be back to like twenty eighteen. <laughs> yeah. Probably, yeah. Overall, I hope. everything's cyclical. Uh, how long has Levo been in this 
location at Tin City. So Brett actually got it really early. So he um, started making wine in like 2013, and I want to say he was like 23, and he was pouring at a garage yeast festival like a year later. Um, and a gal had his wine. She's a wonderful wine club manager. Um, yeah. I mean, sorry, not a wine club manager. She's a wonderful wine club member and has one of our OG members. Who knows down the road? She could. She, could. she would actually kill it. Yeah. She would kill it. She is a go-getter. But she had his wine at the Garage East Festival, and her husband was the realtor for these properties. And she uh-huh. called him and was like, you got to bump Brett to the top of your list. Yeah. So Brett got in here. But when Brett got this location, it was really just Barrel House. And the then we had brewery. Guillaume. Yeah. yeah. And then Guillaume, like, not even all these buildings were built. Yeah. And it was totally kind of bare bones in here. And, you know, I was telling Phil that um, – we like initially he couldn't afford rent in an apartment and rent yeah, here. So yeah. he moved into the office. There's like funny, if you go in the back, there's a big rolling door and he is, there's still a piece of tape that if it's shut says taking a shower. So people would know <laughs> that he was taking a shower. Is there still there. a bed here? There's not, there but, was I mean, there a should... futon in my office when I yeah. moved in and I was like, no, no single boy futon is uh, and he's married and he's been with his now wife a long time. But yeah, I was like, I'm not into but whatever. There's still, I mean, is. That's um kind of a, old school survival thing for any business when you are like in it yeah. to win it and you have to cut costs. Sometimes you are staying in the office. Some, yeah. I mean, going back real old school football, Don James had a bad year at the University of Washington. He's staying in the coach's office. Sure. It's setting an example a little bit for your staff. Yeah. Now, I'm sure at the time, Brett didn't have a ton of staff. May have just No, been, no, he was just him. Yeah, just so, him, yeah. But, but it is, a, look, we're all entrepreneurs here and you have that mindset, which is you got to do what you got to do. Kind of live in your garage for six yeah. months. <laughs> or your, you know, yeah, tin wine building. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it came out beautifully. So then you guys like designed the whole space. and like So whole- we had this really giant, like I'm talking almost wall to wall concrete bar that probably weighed 45,000 pounds That's with this amazing. like tin cover. That was really cool and served us well pre-COVID. But then COVID hit and we couldn't do the bar thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. So oh, gotcha. we kind of, we were like open and closed and open and closed. And then we could be open by appointment. And we really didn't have like the vibe for right? appointments. So Brett was like, well, now's a good time. Let's just redo the tasting room and make it what we want. There you go. So we, the winter of 2020, it was the longest construction project of all time. But we, that wall was solid. We knocked the wall out. We built the patio because yeah. a lot of times we had to do tastings outside. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Which we couldn't do because we didn't have an outdoor. Right. So we were doing them in the production room and opening the garage door. Oh, and that was very suspect. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So that gave us the ability. And some people yeah. still prefer being outside, which is great. Um, or they have dogs or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we were able to set up the room so that we can do appointments. We can still manage some walk-ins like on Saturdays and it's really busy. So Brett just um, said, uh, grab one end of this bar and we'll just lift it out. It took like 12 guys and like two forklifts to get it. Oh, yeah. You're not. You and the landlord was like forklift. The, the back so wheels devastated. Would go up. Yeah. He tried to convince us to keep it. It's at like... It's somewhere else in Tin City. Somebody else has it. Okay. Um, yeah, we I just we just yeah so, forklifted yeah. it down the road. How long was that bar? How long was it? Yeah, I mean, twenty four feet or something. It was longer than that rug. It was okay. Oh, okay, yeah, twenty feet long. But also like 
eye height for me, like very high. Really? <laughs> so we'd have short people and they'd be like, um, and I was like, Shut all right, you tall people have, loved it. Can I, can I have a what a fun like story though. And just like, I mean, to, to come through, you know, COVID and come out the other side. And I mean, that must've been an experience. It was, it was Free. just Brett and I during COVID and we, people were like, how did you survive it? I'm like, we went a little crazy. Like yeah. definitely yeah, lost sure We did survive. Yeah. yeah. But it is also a time to reset. You'd been, been in business for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you always have an idea in mind on how you think this is going to go. And it's never that way. If it is, something's wrong. So now you're like, okay, let's concentrate on those things that have gone well. And maybe scratch back to the Pareto um, law principle, right? Uh, go with those 80% that are actually producing well. Yeah, and it was 20, that's interesting. Yeah. Like we, before that, the only shipping we really did was wine club. But then during covid and like lockdown people started ordering a lot of wine and so it was kind of on me to be like okay you got to figure out how to ship wine like how to ship it around the country yeah mm -hmm. licensing all that yep. which is not something we had really done yeah um but now we have like a pretty you know solid online um business and we built nice. our website up to support it and but yeah i don't you know i think it would have eventually happened but it, it yeah. definitely was it something kind of accelerated that, that totally yeah. yeah and i'm uh, sure that is not trivial having to figure out like like online distribution of well, alcohol. Well, some states don't like, allow it ship at all. To. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, it, yeah. Well, and every state is slightly different, so figuring out the licensing the and, and, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. sure that still helps you now, right? Even, obviously, 100%. you aren't hosting people again, but you still have this dual strategy that you can lean on. And after this episode airs, <laughs> you're going to sell out. <laughs> what we're looking for. And speaking of that, what? Yeah, I know. We haven't even got to the Grenache, Listen, and we're almost you guys done. Are really Very distracting good. me. Uh, <laughs> good. Well, that's that's the most important thing is does it taste good? Um, yes, it does. Yeah. So uh, bright cherries is what I'm getting. That tart. Before I even get there, I smelt like baked cookies. I smelt Ooh, baked cookies before really? I took a sip. I love and that. I don't know if Brett I, would well, really I'm like that. I have like snickerdoodle, snickerdoodle in here, but could be kind of. Anything. Is it because I'm the same way on the nose? Me, it's very. I get very desserty vibes, yeah. but then on the palate, I'm the same way. It's like tart yeah. cherry, yeah, like yeah, yeah. bright sure. fruit. So this is our Grenache. This is Brett's favorite of this vintage, and I think that's just because uh. Grenache. I'm not a winemaker. I don't, you know, pretend to be. But from what I see, Grenache seems like kind of a bitch to make. Like you know, it's just a finicky varietal to grow. Yeah. It's they have to age it in the demi mouis, the really big barrels, because it's almost like a white wine. If you put it in the small barrels, it's really oaky. So I think when you're a winemaker and you nail a Grenache, it's such a point of pride yeah. that you you know, as a winemaker, it's going to be your favorite. Yeah. Um, and what's also really exciting about this wine is we historically have not, you guys know the kind of Graciano Morved debacle of the central coast. No, no please no. elaborate. Oh, so, um, I want to say it was like winter of 17 into 18. We found out that a huge portion of what everyone thought was Morved was actually Graciano uh -huh. and it had been planted. It had been like distributed by one nursery. It had been planted everywhere. Oh Didn't and so, Carmenere and stuff go through So when this happened, I was like, are we suing? Like what's happening? And Brett was like, no, we're just going to like go because we had some in the cellar. Yeah, and so then I like had a couple glasses of wine and went down a rabbit hole. Internet. It's happened a mazillion times. That's an amazing oh, number, mazillion. Yeah, well, you know, it's when you get really <laughs> high up there. You, get well, into the you guys just get a shipment of just grapes, right? So there'd be no way really for you to verify. But they were planted. Some of them are really obvious. Like some yeah, of them, yeah. like, you know, like I, who am not a farmer, can tell the difference. Right. Of. 
these varietals, it's not like dum-dums were growing. It's like these, these varietals are close enough that like right. it could, guys it could certainly pass. Totally. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we, I mean, Brett and Taylor are out at the vineyards. They're looking at the fruit, right? all of that. But yeah, like when you get it from a nursery, I think, and it's close enough, you just assume, Oh, this yeah. is the expression here. Or right. whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, was there like any nefarious uh, thinking mm. behind it or was no. it an honest mistake? It was a total thing? honest mistake. They okay. think it was like a ledger issue or, you know, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever it was. Was. Um, and so, you know, by the time I think that it was discovered, it would have been really expensive for a lot of these vineyards to have yeah. to tear it out and replant it. So a lot of people just kept it. So and both, a narrow crew making Graciano. Which is great. We love Graciano. Sure. We have Graciano planted in our vineyard. Is Graciano a, a Rhone varietal? Graciano is not. It's Spanish. Okay. And it was funny. When it first came out, we were like, oh, we don't know anything about, like, what is Graciano? Right. But people sure. had been making wine with it. But... So anyway, long story short, we had made like GGSs, but we had never made a proper GMS because we had never had proper Morved. Um, but we got this Morved. GGSs. Yeah. There's something you hear not very yeah. often. No, um, but it's kind of cool about Paso and, you know, obviously just being outside France, we're not beholden to those rules of it has mm-hmm. to be X, Y, Z. Exactly. So, and Graciano is great. Like we really like it. So, um, but yeah, so we got this Morved from Full Draw, which I don't know if you guys know Full Draw, but um mm-hmm. Younger winemaker, his name is Connor. He also sells fruit. He's um, next to Booker. Have you heard about Booker? Mm-hmm. So Booker's a really well-known big winery. Actually, our assistant winemaker used to work there. Um, they're, they make fabulous wine. And Connor worked at Booker and then bought like the property like next door. And he makes great wine and also sold us this fruit. So this is our really almost proper um, GSM, although almost it's a GMS. Um, so... Do you have to put it in order of the percentage? Like on a label? Or when I say GSM? Again, we're in passive. I think we can say whatever we want. Our winemaker calls it GSM. I'm just saying there is more more vet in it. That's my my question, yeah. Yeah, I don't think you have to do anything, you know? No, and that's, I mean, again, there's up and downsides from the European model, which is this is the law. It's romantic. It's romantic the way they do it, you know? Is it? I think it is. I think there's romanticism to, like... There's romantic... For a cork, pop that cork, that's fantastic. There's a romance behind it rather than screw caps. No, I agree with you. I I much like corks myself. No, I think, um, like, the idea that the same people from the same area have been making the same wine for a... Like, that to me is very romantic. It's got beautiful culture. But also I think it's very American to be like, we don't give a shit. We put whatever we want and whatever we want and we make yeah, whatever wine we want. And so I think it's reflective of both cultures, you know, Which for is, better or worse. No, I think they're both great because yeah. you're going to get people taking uh, some chances in this culture. Yeah. There was like, what What if we decide to blend this in with that? You know? Yeah. It's almost I, like tradition and risk and like you get the creativity bit, and the yeah. innovation. That's all. You know, oh, in great, Cabernet's, but also you need a baseline. In, in, right? So, like, they're maintaining this traditional baseline that offers the world a right. lot. Yeah, also. Yeah. In Cabernet Sauvignon, if you get bell pepper, correct me if I'm wrong, it's considered bad cab, right? But if bell pepper shows up in another varietal, this is fantastic profile of this. I don't get that. Hmm. I don't get that. Why is that bad? Well, because the Cabernet Sauvignon shouldn't have that. That's why it's bad. It, it's just a... It can get very pretentious. Yeah. And I think that's Mm. what you're, and I agree. Like, I think to me, like the thing is, do you like the wine or you don't like the wine? I don't actually, I don't usually give people quote unquote tasting notes because it's like, 
if you taste Coca-Cola and you like it, I don't, what does that matter to me if you like it? You yeah. know, that's and a little banana peel in there. Yeah. It's like, who yeah. cares? A little sheep butt. Got to bring yeah. Gary into it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, like, I like the whole last, I like that perspective, right? Which brings yeah. some levity and lightness to, you know, just enjoying wine as opposed to just the rigid, oh, are you getting this exact thing? Like, I don't know. It's a personal choice and what you're right. experiencing. Plus what you've smelled and in tasting. the past. Like yeah, I yeah. smelled like. Swamp in one it reminded me yeah. of frogs. <laughs> but, uh, even, but you know what that smells exactly. like. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I don't. I don't. Didn't spend I'd... their life in the slough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a friend of ours that that I'll say, you know, I'm getting this and that. He's like, well, it's because you don't know any better. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is what I'm getting right now in this. But that's it. How can someone say what you're getting is exactly. wrong right. when you're interpreting everything through your own senses? Like, yeah, correct. And it's, it's multiple senses. Right? Yeah. Too. It's yeah. taste, smell, sight. Like it's yeah, everything. Yeah, it's the whole kit. It's sight. And I mean, you got senses. color. Sure. We process information differently. And the brain. And always mm-hmm. will. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just, I don't like that idea that you, but also there's a place for it and there's a lane for sure. it, and, you know? So I think that's, what's cool about wine is there's kind of a spot for everyone. Yeah. I'll leave that to the Robert Parker group. <laughs> sure. Let them go off and do that. They're I doing mean, it. Certainly the, the, the scores are, are great. The accolades, the gold medals and all of that are fantastic, but it really comes down to, is this a good wine and is it going to sell? You got to sell the wine. Is the winemaker happy with what they make? Yeah, exactly. Even though he didn't play football. It's <laughs> still, That's not still he's angry. still bad about that. No, I'm just kidding. He's the least angry person. Um, no, I think it's perfect, and I think you know he would say more than anyone that it led him to doing this. Which it's funny, his dad like wasn't into wine at all, and now like loves wine is like super involved. So it's like become like oh, a little bit of family. Oh, yeah, there. yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm gonna grab the next wine. One more. Yeah. No, this is a 21 Syrah. 100 percent Syrah. This is my favorite. Nice. Of what you're tasting. So this Syrah is a pretty classic Brett Central Coast Syrah. So even though it's 100% Syrah, you'll see it's a blend of a bunch of different vineyards. And so it's kind of like a who's who of the Central Coast. And so Brett will take Syrah grown in Paso, which because we're typically so hot, we make more like black and blue fruit Syrah. And he'll blend it with with Ballard Canyon. Um, And Ballard Canyon, because it's, you know, a cooler climate, um, relatively speaking, is more savory. So you get more Mm. like the the peppery and the meaty mm. and it's kind of his emulation of like the French style of, you know, blending the Syrah grown on the shady side of the hill with Syrah grown on the sunny side of the hill. And yeah, every vintage I pretend I'll have a favorite. That's not the Syrah. And it's, mm. it's always this wine. I love this wine. It's so good. This, I keep getting like a baked smell. There's your savory, it's right? In, yeah. Like this time is like a casserole. Like you walk into somebody's house and they're making a casserole. Are you hungry? I, maybe that's also. I don't know. I had, <laughs> I had some sandwich on the way over here. So I, I mean, I can always eat, but I'm not starving. I, and I usually don't get that kind of smell. Yeah, but both smell. times you've poured, I've noticed really? it. And I had this thought like, oh, somebody making something. And then it's, I think it's just the wine. So This is my is uh, deficiency in, in wine tasting is I have my descriptors are this is like fruity. This is like but again, my nose always picks up yeah, more than my, t- my mouth. Yeah, well, that, and that's the way we have a like wine last thing. night. I think it was Carmenere. We had four wines last night. That was kind of fun. Um, a Carmenere that Lindsay's like, oh, I'm not really liking the nose. Of course, you taste it, and it's just fine. I'm very sensitive to smells in general. Yeah. I'm the same way, though. Like I really... Like if a wine has an off-putting nose, I'm kind of already like, eh. it's yeah, it's, it's, really it's tough to. to, to yeah. I mean, I'll work through that. But if it it goes hand in hand with an off, 
mean, it was taste. really strong manure. Yeah. Like it was like I'm on a farm for sure. <laughs> like I'm I'm Which shoveling. Is like, listen, we like, like the I'm, farm, but not in our. In my mouth. Not yeah. that part of the farm. farm in my mouth. <laughs> Not that part of Well, the and that's what Burgundy brings, right? Is that whole barnyard thing because the way they ferment their wine. Well, and Britannomyces. So, like, they just have, you know, they're comfortable with bacteria that, like, Brett would burn the place down if you found here. <laughs> they have open tanks. They have moldy barrels. They collect stuff we don't want to know about. Right. Yeah. And, and that's apparently okay. There. Alcohol sterilizes, right? That's what they say. <laughs> um, I just don't want to know. Don't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> don't think about it. Don't think about it. Well, it's funny. Like, sometimes I'll say, like, oh, like, our wine comes from organic vineyards or it's vegan. And people are like, oh, ha, ha. Like, isn't all wine, like, vegan? And you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, I'm not going to be the one to tell yeah. you. So. Yeah. Whatever you do. Do some research. Yeah. yeah. That is so freaking funny. So yes, this Syrah. This is delicious. This is that's one of my. So favorites. I don't know. What do you guys typically like? Obviously everything, but what are your? Favorites? No, not everything. Uh, no uh, white Zinfandel and no yellowtail. Okay. And and very. Few and I was more Pinot speaking Gris. about. Variety. And I don't really yeah. like Petit Verdot as, okay. as a single. And I'm not so much a Pinot Gris, Pinot Grigio, something like that. Now it doesn't mean that. A Pete Verdot, she's not going to find one she likes. It. Same thing with the Pinot Never Gris. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big Carmenere, Cabernet Franc fan. Okay. I have really jumped into the Malbec train this summer. Okay. Uh, didn't see it coming. <laughs> we had a lot of Washington wines <laughs> during. It, it was lovely. Uh, Washington Wine Month, we did a lot of really high end Red Mountain Washington wineries. Blends, right? No. No, the the Malbecs that were coming out of there, they they I'm like these are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a varietal I don't like. Yeah. Other than kind of what I said, sure. but there's Except exceptions I've, to I've everything. I've been surprised yeah. by everything I've said. Oh, you know, I, I lean away from these, and then I'll have something in that varietal that totally like knocks my socks off, and it's just very different than the expectation I had for that varietal. Totally. So I feel like I as I've had more wine, just have kind of moved away from ever dismissing any varietal. Well, I'm that's, always again, another something. thing that's so fun about wine is the yeah. Syrah I make is, could be totally different than the Syrah you make. So if you've only had one type of Syrah, you might yeah. be like, I hate Syrah. Exactly. And I actually felt that way about Chardonnay. Yeah. I was pretty sure I did not drink Chardonnay. 100%. And then I started yeah. working for Brett and I was like, oh, no, I, I do drink Chardonnay. And I like yeah, Chardonnay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'd say yeah. this exactly. all the time. Yeah. Uh, we'll have many people, actually. I will not drink Merlot, not just because of the movie, but because they don't like Merlot. And our thought is, you just haven't had the right Merlot. That, that's sure. with me, too. Yeah, I've had several right that one. I didn't like at all. And then kind of was like, oh, I'm not a Merlot girl. Had a glass of wine. It's like my favorite wine I've ever had. So yeah. Like, you just, I, mean, I feel like you can't. It really. You can't and, draw conclusions really no. about things yep. until you've had it. But people like to, even though, because people like comfort. They, they like their comfort. Mm. Yeah. This is what I like. I want to stick here. This is how our brains oh. work. Well, it's, yeah, See, it's just I'm, I'm the opposite. I just want to adventure and try everything. That's but cool. That, but I mean, I, I, so I don't You're look an at any. Well, You're an I'm, alien. I'm an alien. Well, we were, so we were in Europe and we got to taste a lot of uh, wine from Italy, from Spain, from France. And I don't know anything about the European varietals at all in Italy. Well, they Spain, also France. don't organize by varietals. So right. It's, it's so it's like, 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 like more by region. Yeah. And so then yeah. it's like, it was just a whole new world where I was like, let's try all the things. Like, I, I don't know. Sure. Complete open mind. Yeah, <laughs> complete <laughs> open mind. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, where are I, you leaning? <laughs> Gosh. Liz. 
I would say probably I drink the most Syrah or Syrah-dominated wines, but I'm also in Paso. Um, <laughs> I love a Tempranillo. Oh, like, I love oh, yeah. a well-done yeah. Tempranillo. Yeah. They're so drinkable. So They're drinkable. So and that's, like, just to, like, have a really crushable Tempranillo with, like, friends and sit around yeah. and drink it like that to me is... Now, are you going, like, Rioja? Or does it matter? That's a great question. I'm typically, if I'm getting a Tempranillo, going to go Rioja. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I want, like, authentic. Um, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's going to be coming from that. But like we have Tempranillos here and there's great Tempranillos yeah. around here. Sure, sure. sure. Yeah. But yeah, typically if I'm, I'm like in the mood for it, I'm going to go. How about Nebbiolo? But I like Nebbiolo. I didn't really know a lot about it until I started working for Brett. Brett really likes it and it's a varietal that I really So there's like. this, I'm seeing Barolo. I mean, you get a Barolo, it's great. That's expensive stuff. Yep. And, and big. we just... We have two still downstairs that we're nervous to open because we haven't been enamored with the first ones. Mm. So I want to really like it because everyone says, oh my God, if you got a Barolo. Oh. <laughs> but it, it really is. Uh, it comes down to what you like and That's what you Italian. don't. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Italian, like sometimes I taste Barolo. through these yeah. lines. Yeah. And I have a favorite, and the next day it's a different favorite. And it's I like, know. It's, you know, so some days you could like wine. But I have a Cab Franc recommendation for you, uh, which uh, is when you guys do a trip to Los Olivos, which I hope is on your hit list for the future, there's yeah. a spot called Carucci Wines. K? With a K? With a C. Okay. C A R R U C H I. Carucci. Carucci, Eric Carucci. He actually used to make his wine here when Brett was living here. Um, oh, like like here, here, like in this building. Yes, yes. So Brett oh. was when Brett was living in here, he didn't need this big of a space initially because he was pretty small. Yeah. So he had a couple <laughs> different winemakers who made their wine here, and Eric Carucci cool. was one of them. Um, and he's makes a killer Cap Franc if you're ever down there. I think mm. he will take it. But you guys would love Los Libos. Yeah. Yeah. I, we're getting out and about a little bit more. Good. Once well, we, we haven't been to that area since 2001 ish. Oh, wow. It's changed, I mean, quite where, a bit. And where is this? Sorry. Uh, it's Ballard, like um, Santa Barbara. It's okay. like mm, around Solvang. Yeah. Did you ever go to Solvang? Solvang, San Inez, Ballard we've Canyon. We've been actually several times in the last few years, but I don't, okay. yeah, I don't think yeah. we've been there. Literally, you should talk go. About. Yeah. Right. And a really funny thing is if you go in there, there's a bar in there that was handmade by a carpenter from Santa Barbara who is the brother of one of my best friends from college in Vermont. It all comes wow. together, doesn't it? Isn't that so weird? It is so weird. Yeah. Uh, we're going to wrap up. Yeah. Uh, anybody have any parting questions for Liz, the direct consumer uh, manager here? What are you inviting in for the, and I don't want to mispronounce this, Levo? Levo, yeah, Levo. you got it. What are you inviting in for the Levo brand over the next year or two? That's a really great question. So Brett's kind of vision is like Levo 2.0 to Levo like 3.0 very much. Like Oh, there's a big leap. Yeah, it is a big <laughs> leap. But um, we just like totally revamped. We kind of had a pretty archaic website and um, <laughs> we were using a POS system that I really liked, but it wasn't super consumer friendly. So that was really. Your POS um, system was a POS? No, I, I like it. I'm actually okay. a little defensive of it. But in terms of our customer experience, it wasn't great. Got it. Um, like our members kind of were like, anytime they had to make an update, they had to call. It was just a pain for them. So yeah. we've we've really wanted to up our game there. But for us right now, it's really about developing our vineyard, getting to know our vineyard. Because 
every vineyard is unique yeah. um, and getting to know the kind of wines that we're going to be producing because for so long, you know, when Brett first started making wine, what's cool about places like Tin City is, you know, historically to make wine, you had to have the estate. But now we live in a world where people sell fruit and you can start with a few barrels and you can get your yeah. foot in the door and you can get a cool location yeah, and then yeah. you can eventually get your own vineyard. Sure. But that's a huge change, right? To be going from sourcing from all these different vineyards. So if one shits right. the bed, you got plenty of others yeah. to choose from or one area. Right. To getting predominantly all your fruit from one location that you're responsible for. Right. Yeah. So I think, yeah, like our big focus the next few years is just going to be kind of getting our vineyard online hmm. as successful as it can be and learning, you know, what kind of wines we're going to make for it. You're going to still stick with the 2,500 to 3,000 cases? Yeah. Brett really... He, like I said, he wants to be involved in every aspect of it. And I think for him, that's kind of the sweet zone. Do you not um, think that that can be scaled at all? I and mean, still have him be involved? I think there's lots of people who do it. I just yeah. don't know that that's necessarily what Brett sees as okay. Levo's future. But mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I think if we got to the point where all our wine was going to wine club, um, I think that he would still want to be able to make wine that people could enjoy that weren't in the wine club. And so I think that's something that can maybe push him to look outside that if you're selling a hundred percent of your wine to your wine club mm -hmm. it's not a bad place to be no that's oh, the place no, that's the, that's the no you don't get yeah. growth out of that but that's i mean that is your low-hanging fruit so to <laughs> <laughs> uh but seriously if you can do that i mean that's fantastic and then you build on that right because uh, you can make that exclusive and this is the consumer this is the wine club and consumer and it's yeah. But we, we make wine for our, now, even for our wine club. You know, Brett is mm -hmm. constantly thinking about what do they like? What did they love last vintage? What mm -hmm. can we do for them? What art can I make for them? Um, how can we improve their experience? And so I think for us, that's really where we're focused is making our, obviously we want people to come in here and have an amazing time um, that aren't members, but, you know, I think that's really where his focus lies. And so I think, you know, that's, you know, our focus is with our vineyard and our members and right. giving them the best experience and the best wines possible. Yeah. And so That's besides great. your website and your wine club, where can people buy your wine? Uh, they can call me on the telephone. Uh, <laughs> What's a telephone? <laughs> exactly. Um, we do a little bit of wholesale. Um, like there's some wine shops in California that have us. There's some restaurants in California um, that have us, uh, but for the most part, yeah, it's just kind of the website okay. and calling or coming to the tasting room. It's a, I would consider this a, still a boutique winery. I know boutique definition has changed over the years. You cannot tell, yeah. It used yeah. to be 500 It used cases. to be 500. I think the, the 2,000, 2,500, whatever it is, I think you could probably make a, a pitch that that's kind mm -hmm. of boutique-ish. Yeah, and it probably depends, right? Like, you know, is half that wine going to a grocery store or is, you know, all that? Like, I think that yeah. really, I think boutique to me implies like more direct to consumer. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, yep. So yeah. When it's gone, it's gone. Right. Because you guys, I, I can't imagine you guys at that amount, at that quantity of wine are putting a whole lot into your library. No. Yeah. We try to. Yeah. We try to keep some, but sure. we don't. Yeah, and it just depends. Like, you know, the way our wine club works in our we work right now is our spring wines are kind of what you guys tasted through and there are bigger mm -hmm. skews. So we make a rosé, we make a white, we make some central coast blends. And then in the fall, we release wines that are wine club exclusives that don't go in the tasting room. And they're kind of Brett's favorite of the vintage and they're the best barrels, the best locales, whatever he deems that year. 
and those sell out. Like those yeah. fall wines mm-hmm. are gone. So these spring wines, we purposely are thinking like we want to make wines we can pour in the tasting room, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then those fall wines, they're fun, but it's also like, you know, when people join the club and they're like, wait, you don't get to taste the fall wines. And we're like, no, you just kind of get on the yeah. boat and trust that you're yeah. going to get something you like. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> and then, again, the part of the wine club. Yeah. 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 You, you, you got to have a little bit of faith there and so trust. This is not your tasting room then. No, this is. Oh, this is your tasting room. And yeah, we do it right here. So um, if the girls are here, I have two gals who work in the tasting room, Lexi and Mano, they're killer. Um, and they will have this open and the patio all set up. And, a little music uh, playing. Oh, believe me, the music is playing. Sometimes I have to have them turn it down to pump it in here. <laughs> I'm like on the phone to my office. And I'm like, am I old? Like that, that music is so loud. Get off my backyard. <laughs> we had uh, our first industry party since pre-COVID and... We were just like dying laughing because the girls got a DJ. It was super fun. Oh we were having a great time. But Brett and I were like, God, we're old. This music is like not our vibe. Like, it's just so yeah. funny. Um, but the girl, I mean, the girls loved it. Everyone loved it. And we were like, all right, we're just out of touch. So yeah. <laughs> they keep us. There are, there are young gals. Yeah. Looking for a place in Coeur d'Alene with a casual vibe that you can meet with friends, relax, and just be Coeur d'Alene? Fresh Wine Bar is your place to go to meet friends and relax. Owned and operated by a longtime Coeur d'Alene family, Fresh Wine Bar is more than just a run-of-the-mill bottle shop. It's a place where you can call home in an authentic small-town environment that will have you coming back home to Fresh. If you're looking for a wine club that over-delivers, this is the fresh place for you. Introducing Club Fresh Wine Club. The Club Fresh Wine Club is one of the most exciting and flexible wine clubs in the Pacific Northwest, and it has its perks. Come check out the exclusive speakeasy in the back for all fresh wine club members. It's your personal tasting room. And for our beer-loving friends, Fresh Craft Beer Bar offers eight rotating local taps. Stop by for a welcoming, fun time every Wednesday around 5.30 for Wino Wednesday. Consider Fresh Wine Bar for your next event located across the street from the new city parking lot at 4th and Coeur d'Alene Avenue or visit freshwinebar.com. Welcome back to Wine Time Fridays with Shelly and Phil. Episode 183, you just heard our conversation and our tasting with Liz Seven. I, I really feel like we've got something that we need to unveil right away because it's pretty exciting. What is it? Well, <laughs> um, these bottles that they make are beautiful. That's yes. not what you wanted to hear. No. Well, here's what happened. Liz delivered. A bouncing baby boy. Um, of course, now, we knew it was going to be a boy, but yeah. So I've got my in my notes. Connor. She was trying to. She was asking for baby boy name suggestions. Remember? Really, I, I do you remember now. now? <laughs> uh, because it is actually uh, oh Connell. That's Connell. it, Connell. Yeah, and uh, reportedly, brother Walter is obsessed. Oh, good. Which we love, and. Uh, it's, it's a kind of a funny story because before we sat down for this, I, I wanted to reach out to Manone, who set our tasting up and everything. And uh, there was a couple things. Uh, she said, I, I asked, there was delivery and she didn't know. She had reached out, but she didn't know yet. And then during the course of our conversation, she's like, oh my gosh, 
Yes, it went great. She was tearing up a little bit. It was kind of emotional. It's pretty cool. You know, uh, we love seeing the tight teams and and pretty much like family at mm-hmm, these places, yeah. right? Um, anyway, uh, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, I really did enjoy the time there. And Liz was so nice. She packed up all these wines. That we were tasting. Yeah, that we were mm-hmm. tasting. And she sent us on our way. And when we, um, that was the Tuesday tasting, the next night we had dinner at the steakhouse. At the Paso Robles Inn. At the Paso Robles Inn. And Which is a really nice place if you have um, a couple of families because the courtyard area is really lovely. It really is. There's lots of places to sit. There is. They have a garden that has herbs for the restaurant. Well, that's right. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, what was kind of cool, you know, here's a, a kind of a little tip. You talk about, we haven't talked about corking fee as a wine word of the week, but uh, a corking fee is when you bring your bottle to a restaurant, uh, the restaurant will usually charge you something. Now, the really high-end restaurants, they could charge you 30 bucks, 25 bucks just to open your wine. And you think, oh, well, that's my wine. Well, you know, they're wanting you to drink their wine uh, or they're not going to make money off it. So I, I get it. We asked uh, what the corking fee was. And she said, it's nothing for the first bottle. If, if you got it, um, you know, here in town and, and we carry it on our list or something like that. And I said, well, here's the deal. We have like four open bottles and, uh, and, and you so know, you don't today. even have to uncork them. Yeah. So you don't even have to uncork them. She's like, bring them in. You guys are fine, which was fantastic. I think I actually. Plus, we gave her the we, white. Where there the was a of couple glasses wine. of white wine, and she was very happy about that. Honestly, it's again just about the relationships and the and the human interaction. There was really no expectation with that question, but she was really nice about it. So hopefully, she's listening to this. And a big shout out and thank you to her because that was a lot of fun. We had this lovely dinner with all of these wines from Levo that uh, were, were really great. Um, I I just, it it was so much fun. Anyway, uh, we should, let's see, there's a couple other things. Oh, the bottles. Yeah. The bottles were are gorgeous. They are gorgeous. Um, They're actually pictures from the airplane graveyard and he took those pictures and then modified them artistically in i think adobe photoshop right yeah so they're very cool uh because we drove we were able to bring a bottle back and you peel the label off because the the shape of the bottle is really kind of unique Um, yeah it looks a little bit like the bourbon aged barrel bourbon aged um type wines that come out kinds of wine yeah yeah kind of shorter bottle rounder at the bottom uh but it's a lot of fun yep and so that's pretty cool. Let's go ahead and get on with this. This is weird when we kind of jump from thing to thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the CDA Gourmet Wine Word of the Week this week, uh, which is perfect for the wines we tasted down Levo. Backbone. These wines had structure. They had backbone. Mm-hmm. You want to tell us a it little bit? It refers to the structure of the wine. Yeah. So it's, the structure comes from... Um, the alcohol, the tannins, and the acidity, which is kind of made because of those. So if they're balanced and it's a 
good structure has good backbone. If they're not, then they could be flabby or unbalanced. They could be too acidic or mm-hmm. just too boring, Yep, which would be flabby probably. Right. So uh, thank you to CDA Gourmet for our wine word of the week. Only one word this time. Some wines we enjoyed this week. We had Kendall Jackson Chardonnay. We had uh, Accomplished Chardonnay. The Akoya Pinot Noir, which we seem to have off and on these days because it's a really good value at Grocery Outlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Claude Argentine Grand Corte Reserve Reserva Red Blend. I didn't like that as much as that Malbec. They, uh, we did find in Spokane 2014 of the what we've been getting, and that one's really good. So, And then the Chateau Gimelian. That's close. Thank you. <laughs> and Latitude 38 Chardonnay. So those are some of those. We have some things coming up really soon. This Sunday, so two days from today, Austrian sect. And then a week from yesterday, so this coming Thursday, International Mavra Day. And then uh, that's the 26th, as well as Carignan Day, which is the 26th, always the last Thursday in October. You want to go on and talk about the others? Sure. Why? Is there some no, words in here I can't pronounce? <laughs> no, because I'm talking too much. Oh. World Champagne Day, 1027. International Zinomavro Day, October, nope, November 1st. Sarah and Mark Lathrop with Liberty Lake Cellars will be on on November 3rd. Yay. Um, November 3rd? Yes. Okay. International Merlot Day, 11-7. International Tempranillo Day. 11-9. Chris Burns with Liberty Lake Cellars. That's cr- incorrect. Yeah, I'm like, what? No, I have screwed this up so often. Remember last week I said Chris Burns was with uh, uh, Peachy Canyon or Levo or something like that? No, Chris Burns. Or Chris Burns. I know. Chris, my bad. Okay, so with Turtle see. Rock. Edit, edit. No, edit. because uh, last week I said I would sit corrected, and I'm sitting corrected. Okay. I, I was wrong, and I screwed it up again on our notes. It's not Chris Burns with Liberty Lake. No, it's Chris Burns with <laughs> Turtle Rock. No, you gave him a different seller's last time. I, I mean, again, he's he, everywhere. He is everywhere. That's how good he is. By the way, uh, Chris, to make up for it, you've been on our Facebook page uh, cover photo for three weeks. So there you go. <laughs> All right. And National Zinfandel Day, Yay. 11-15, the third Wednesday of November. And Beaujolais Nouveau Day? 1116, it's the third Thursday in November. Should try a Beaujolais Nouveau if you haven't. Make that something to do this year. Try that because yeah. it's interesting. And we'll talk about it then. Yep. Carmenier, Carmenier Day, 1124. And there is something else. We finally nailed down a day. We've got uh, Iola Wines. And they're a similar model to Naked Wines in a sense, but uh, we're going to have, remind me of her Merrily? name. Merrily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, this is what I get for, for not having them in the notes or correctly. Anyway, that's going to be the 17th. We've got all sorts of guests lined up. And after that is Thanksgiving. So that whole kit and caboodle. Uh, next week, I think I've got this right. Apostle Robles Series Part 4 with Justin Wines and Brad Vandaloon. Uh, that was really fun. All of these stops were fun. It, mm-hmm. It's it's hard to say they're all of our favorite, 
but they were all fantastic and unique in their own way. And that's what is really fun about this. Another thanks to our, today's sponsors, Coraline Fresh and Revora. Shelly, we need to have some backbone on this episode. With a little bit of knowledge, wine becomes a lot less overwhelming. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you, Liz. Congratulations on little baby Bambino. That is so cool. And uh, we'll see you next week when we talk with Justin Wines. If you're looking for the best kept secret for delicious wines and views, you owe it to yourself to check out Revora. Revora is an Idaho estate winery producing some of the best estate wines Idaho has to offer. The Revora Tasting Room provides a perfect setting for enjoying their wines while soaking in the surrounding natural beauty of their estate vineyard. And Revora has just opened a tasting room in Coeur d'Alene with live music most every Friday night. Visit Revora.com for more information or simply call 208-276-3245 in Julieta or their new tasting room in Coeur d'Alene at 208-667-1019. Located in downtown Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, Coeur d'Alene Fresh Wine Bar is a place to meet friends, relax, and just be Coeur d'Alene. Whether you're enjoying wines by the bottle, wines by the glass, or craft beer from our fresh craft beer bar, the pulse of Coeur d'Alene runs right through Coeur d'Alene Fresh. And Club Fresh Wine Club has its perks with its exclusive speakeasy in the back. It's your personal tasting room. Club Fresh Wine Club is one of the most exciting and flexible wine clubs in the Pacific Northwest. Visit freshwinebar.com for more information. Thank you for spending part of your day to wind down with Shelly and Phil. Remember, you can listen to any episode of the Wine Time Fridays podcast by visiting winetimefridays.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And join us on our Wine Time Fridays Facebook page, Instagram, YouTube channel, or on Twitter, which is at Vintage Tweets, for daily conversation. Until next week, here's our toast to you. To health, wealth, abundance, gratitude, peace on earth, and of course, romance.